3: Recorded live.
0: Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to Beast Nation Radio Presents on the Street. I am K.K. Lillian, and alongside me, I have Monster. How you doing, in the
1: building, man? In the flesh, Monster, we
3: on the streets. What up, K.K.?
0: Hey, how did you get here tonight on the streets?
3: I bought a submarine and I parked some oh, submarine. submarine by the
1: pier
0: uh-huh.
1: then I had a stretch limo ready to drive me to the streets.
0: Oh, so that was that big old alien-looking thing I saw out there by the water.
1: Yeah. I, I bought a submarine off of a check that you gave me. That's how you get paid. You could buy a submarine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is what I'm talking about. You know, I just Came and did a little stroll, you know. I had my little umbrella spinning around, cause you know it's been raining lately. And I just came up on the street tonight, but I'm riding back home with you.
1: Oh, no doubt.
0: I got you. <laughs> well, monster, you wanna go ahead and go see me this mic tonight and crack crack it open for us.
3: No doubt. You know, you are the most interesting,
1: beautiful, wonderful, charismatic, engaging conversationalist that I have ever met. You make me just want to take myself into yourself and make ourselves one. See, you want me to shout out your name? I say you are the sun, the moon, and the stars and all that because you put the heat and the warmthness in my kidneys and in my lungs. See, even my tongue was pressurized to say your name in outer space. Every time I look at you, I just want to kiss your fucking face. You're amazing. Your body was well crafted to the point that I knew that God had to break the mold because you were so cold that they said that you was a glacier with a pastime. And every time that I look at you, I'll be like, I just want to make you mine, mine, mine. I am totally infatuated with you. I don't even want to look at nobody else but you. So every time that I say hello, you say hello back, I say, well, fuck it, I love you. See, I have feelings for you. And you say you have feelings for me. When I say that I love you, you tell me that you love me. So I'm like. I just want to hug you. You already get your arms prepared to hug me. So I'm like, I see I trust you. And then you smile back and say you trust me. You was a bad mother. Shut your mouth. I'm just talking about you. And I'm loving everything and every apparatus and status of being one of the baddest things that you do. See, I know you're creative, you're gifted, and you bring people together. You're a teacher and a preacher. You bring nations together. in a way that you feel for others, it will last forever. So that means I ride and die for you. Even if my lungs and even my veins get severed, see, I see you. I see you like that Guy that was dressed in that blue outfit saw that other blue girl in Avatar. You've been my shining, multiple rising of a star by far. You're my last airbender style type of love. You're my Avatar Aang. The way that you do that thing, I say shit. I say, who am I? You say, who am I? I said, I'm the king. No, you said, you're the king. I'm like, yes. Do you hear that shit? I ain't gotta have nobody else try to gas me up. You already do that shit. When I ain't gotta say or practice or even put things out, you said, man, you ain't gotta say shit. Because when you told me to my face, you was like, man, you got a gift. Say, I fucking love this person.
3: You know what this person is? Myself. <laughs>
1: Yes, I said it, it's myself. See, these are the steps that I take through building up my confidence every time that I wake up, because the world is filled with mascara and makeup, and every time that the whole galactic spree always tries to shake up, everything that I thought that was real, that becomes fake, that has to get breaked up, I have to wake up every morning and encourage myself, you heard me, I encourage myself, you heard me, you ain't got to say that I look good, I say I look good to my damn self, you ain't got to call me a king, I tell my king, yes, you are good. I say it to my damn self. How many people build up that much self-confidence in their damn self? Do you know what happens if more people took pride in who they are than who what other people want them to be? It'd be more people self-confident and not even trying to be dominant, but it'd be leadership qualities, see, I build myself up before I walk out the door, before you can call me a bitch, a hoe, a slut, a nigger, and in every other type of word that you're trying to transfigure, before you say that as a black man I ain't never going to be shit, I already spent four hours in the mirroring this bitch, saying I was the shit, saying I do have a gift, saying that God blessed me so I don't let nobody else stress me with that bullshit. How many of you encourage yourself? I'll wait. I hear crickets every time you try to talk about yourself because you let everybody else, I mean, body else, I mean, body else, I mean, body else, else, uh, 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 change, transform, must compute, error, error, trust, compute. You let everybody else say who you are before you even see who you are. So how can you shine in this grand design when everybody said that you was a falling star? See, I encourage myself. It's not being vain. It's not vanity at all. It's not a fucking selfie. I do this to maintain. So every time that I go, it's like a runaway train because I go into the mirror and say, man, you will going to do that damn thing. I encourage myself. So when you encourage yourself, you ain't got to be egotistical or even narcissistic. You just got to show that you knew from birth that you was gifted. And every time people try to bring you down, you got to pick yourself back up. So my job when I wake up is to pick myself back up. Even if I was never down, I still lift myself back up. It's unlimited spaces of opportunity where you continue to lift yourself up. But not as a god or a demigod or any of that stuff. It's just that encouragement that you need because these roles get rough. Even though people be trying to talk big as they huff in the puff. Before you said denying shit, I looked in the mirror before I even saw you and I said, Enough is enough.
2: And eat. Yes, yes. yes.
0: Nothing like being confident within your phone, loving you some of your damn self. Monster, I love negative you put tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, There mm-hmm. there is a studio audience member, and she wishes to keep her name disclosed. You know, she's kind of shy. But it's a studio audience member.
2: Mm-hmm. She,
0: she's spoken to me and told me that she's listened to you in the past with some love poetry.
2: Mm-hmm. And she says
0: she assumes that you have a love in your life, correct?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: She wants you to do a poem on the love of your life.
3: Okay. That's easy.
2: You said that's easy?
3: Yeah.
0: Well, Carla, this is an exclusive by one and only monster on Beast Nation Radio. Go ahead, my
3: See, but well, most people don't even know that I used to have so
1: much love and the love inside me was continuously ready to grow, but every time that I put my love out, the love was like hell to the know because girls were pulling my heart back, like veil to the crow. But then, then, even when I was almost finished with that whole love shit, when I got to that point where I said, love, you can suck my dick. See, I was ready to say I'm ending all of this shit. Then God, he blessed me with such a spiritual gift. Her mental capability was way beyond what I thought. There's so many valuable lessons that this young woman taught. I wasn't caught up in lust. I was caught up in conversation, and then the conversation took my mind to a whole different mental nation. See, I fell in love with brainstem first, way before her looks was ever attractive to me. But even though she was very attractive to me, I was looking into her heart and her soul to see how she bleed. And she tamed the beast. Yes, I said that she tamed the beast because she could sing a song that's a serenade that makes my mind go at ease. And every time that I'd be ready to go crazy and nuts and straight killing them seeds, she the one that say, don't do it. Daddy, calm down, please. She didn't even call me daddy. She called me poppy most of the time. When she called me poppy, I'd be like, man, i do whatever just to go through this woman's mind. See, I found, not a rib, but I found my spinal column because she's my backup, but people want that backup. Because before I could say the words, y'all have to get smacked up, see I found that never going to stop kind of love, that unconditional love, that not subliminal love, but that way beyond minimal love. I mean, I bought that critical love because she, she loves me for me, even though most of the time I don't even love me. And she knows that I'm free. She'll never try to capture me because I'm going to make sure that she lives happily ever after. See, see, I call her majesty proudly. I bow down before her knees proudly. And people get mad at me but I say, man, back the fuck off me. I'm out. And see, this is this queenship, and she understands my kingship, so she knows her role. I ain't got to say that this is your role, and I ain't trying to be in no type of control. She already know how I roll because she understands my mind, and she's trying to get intertwined completely with my soul, so she understands that at times of night and at times with light, I uh, often at times got to be cold, and at times I got to be bold, but she already knows this how I roll. She knows when it comes down to her that I kill for her, feel for her, spill for her, drill for her. See, she already knows these type of things. And when I inhale, she exhales, she understands her king. See, that was the kind of love that I was looking for for about 36 years now, about to be 37. And when I was getting to the point, I was like, man, do all dogs go to heaven? When I was feeling to the point where I was a beast like damn seven, then the whole competition was coming around me, that competition, she started leveling with her brain. See, I've never been attracted to her brain so much, I guess I fell in love with her brain sex. And her brain sex was so complex, it had me spelling my words out in text see. She whispers sweet nothings, and those sweet nothings become sweet everythings. So without even knowing it, I ain't got to say it out loud for y'all to know that she's my everything. You say one thing wrong, with her, and I understand that. You know what I mean? You will understand that this is what happens when a woman finds a king that's a beast up in the ring. See, I tear apart everything, even a whole brink of reality. Just satisfy my queen, so you should understand that. But you don't know what I mean. See, a lot of things like this have been settled and seen. See, I'm the type of dude that can shatter the dream or even shatter your spleen. If it comes to making her happy, I'll make sure that you understand that, yes, her man is mean. Yes. She knows that I'm not perfect. I know that she's not perfect either. That's why we jail well. That's why I want to be inside her like I'm inside like Osmosis Jones like I'm a part of her skin cells. So. I know some people said they got a love like this. See, I have to walk this green mile with a love like this because I don't know if I'm going to die today or tomorrow with a love like this, but I want to live every life, every moment, every second of my hour and be in a love like this. See, you don't understand this. That's why most people want to trip. I dare a really nigga to call her out her name and start talking shit. I dare you to say that dumb ass shit when I'm around that bitch because I'm the one that turned this bitch to Columbine, Waco, Kuwait, real quick. I make it a, sure it will be worse than Hiroshima, even a Holocaust, real quick because she understands that I'm heavy with tools and blades and all type of clips. See, I'm ready to cause damage and it'll be damaged and it'll be hard to manage. The hospital won't even know how to rearrange your face when I rearrange your face and your brain matter splatter all over the place. But see, she's the one that calms that down. See, it's truly that beauty the Savage Beast. She the one that gets me on that mode of being gentle, When I'm gonna tear things apart piece by piece. See, yeah, I got one. No, man, she really got me, cause I didn't choose her. Well, fuck it, really, she chose me. And it's, and it's, and it's the path that I'm walking. So this is how I be.
3: So you fuck with her, really, man? You really fucking with me? Please don't fuck with me.
0: That was so, so beautiful, Monster. I love it when you come and bring the softer side of you in the studio on December. see over here smiling, got her dimples all out right in the face. That was a beautiful piece that you did.
2: Thank
0: you. Beautiful. And I know the woman that you're speaking about, if she is listening, I know she's a very, very happy woman.
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah she in love with the cocoa. And I ain't talking about <laughs> the cane. I'm talking about cocoa, cocoa, cocoa,
0: cocoa. Oh, man. So, Monster, um, what have you been hearing so far this week about the Baltimore riot? Or oh, what they're calling a riot. I call it a protest. But the, the I'm hearing a bunch of bullshit
1: that's getting on my fucking nerves because. They always want to show, why you want to show when people's upset and their frustration and got to another level, you want to see the violence. You want to You want to show the worst parts of people, but then you always want to hide and hide this and hide this positivity and hide this positivity and hide this positivity. You want to blast out everything else because you're doing smoke and mirrors. I don't like that shit. They're not even showing you that they got, the people there in Baltimore are like literally telling you that they got tanks, they got military artillery. They got National Guard. They're not. They're, they're going to stop after a while shooting rubber bullets. They're going to stop tear gassing you after a while. If it gets, if if they if they really want to show their strength, they're going to start blasting people. But now they're justified because now you didn't damage your home, so they want to show you that they want to show how critical thinking was not used in the protest, but they want to hide the fact that the ones that weren't doing that outrageous shit that when they were driving past and they were putting them up and they were, they were they had a black truck and they were putting them in a black truck and you didn't see those protesters again. They're not showing you that. You're getting snippets of that. And these are the protesters with their hands up, no weapons, and they throwing nothing and nothing, but they're protesters. But now you're bagging them up. You're doing a black bag effect. So it's getting on my nerves. And then you're getting celebrities that live in Baltimore, which I understand, but they're saying, you know, stop burning this, stop doing this. No, oh, we're not going to have it. It's people who built this city. I know. People built this city. No, they should not have burnt down. They should have burnt down their community. That's what they want you to do. Because when you burn down a community, the property value goes down. Then they can rebuild your community and kick you the fuck out. See, people don't understand that. They don't look that. It's a purpose for a riot. A riot is supposed to, be a revolutionary change, but it's a purpose for the government that allows riots to go on as far as they go. If you burn down this building after this building after this building, now you're a criminal. Now we can fix what you burned. Raise the taxes to fix what you burned. Get these buildings back and looking nicer, pretty, better than they ever been. Kick you the fuck out because you're a criminal. Move somebody in that's more what they want in the first place. People don't understand. Sometimes you've got to destroy the bill, but you still got to think. They know that you're not thinking right now. Because, just because, why has it, you No know, people not understanding, not just black people, but I have to get on just our people because that's what they televise the most. Why has all of a sudden, there's just been a string of black people that's getting shot and killed and murdered by cops that you know about. And the videos is popping up, popping up, popping up, popping up, popping up. After that Ferguson, after that, after the Ferguson fiasco, after what happened to Trayvon Martin, it's just been a, a wonder slide of just now they're showing you, like, yeah, they're really killing this person. They're killing this person. They're doing this person. They've been doing this for years. They just, they just did decide, like, for two, three years, okay, we're just going to start killing kids and stuff like that. They've been doing this for years, but they didn't want right. to televise about It was important. Now they're, they're rebuilding what they want to rebuild. So now they're letting you know that we already knew, not saying that all cops are bad, but we know that the governmental systems that run the the police department are corrupt, and they're letting a lot of cops do what the fuck they want to do. And the cops Mm -hmm. are going to be like, oh, that's not me. I'm not doing none of that. I don't want to listen to you if you're not in that police department. If you're not in that department, you have nothing to say to me.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. Because if you're in the department, then you know what's really going down that you can't talk about or your ass going to get fired. Why how could a California cop tell me about what happened in Baltimore and he's not in that he's not in that precinct? He can't tell me nothing. You're not in that precinct. You might be a good cop. What would you have done if you know that one of your cop friends did something dirty like that? Would you turn him in? Would you've done the right thing? You're gonna say it for the camera, but in reality, most of y'all are not gonna do it. Because your life might be in danger. Now, is that child's life more precious than yours? Hell no, if you're thinking about survival status. But see, people throw out the whole humanity card, but they're not even being humane.
3: So that Baltimore shit is getting on my fucking nerves. So they show what they want to show.
0: I saw that, monster. So I do. And, you know, personally, especially with the the Baltimore things going on, when you're talking about now all of a sudden they're popping up all these videos And recordings of the people getting beaten and getting murdered and all this. And I think the main thing to me is, it's not that it's all of a sudden just now happening. This has been going on for years and years and years and years. It's just now recently that technology is at its highest point that you can record something at a snap of a dime. So now you can't, you can't avoid it if it's on your Facebook page. You can't avoid it if somebody sends it to you. You can't avoid it if it's on Instagram or Twitter. It's in your face all the time. So social media is making the news have to talk about what's going on. It's making the police have to explain why they did it because social media is taking control over what you see, what you wear, what you may eat, who's saying what, who's dating who, and now who is murdering who. And so it's in your face. And it's the cops. It's what's taking out us. And it's not even just black people, but it's just people in a whole. They're taking out generations and generations of people over basically having power over another man. And so social media is just now just making us more aware of the shit that's going on around us. What I in see, honest to goodness, for most of us, If it wasn't for the fact that the news said shit about it, if it wasn't for the fact of Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff, most of us would not know what the hell is going on in the world around us. I guarantee Because if they were wrote in the newspaper, put in the book, most of us would not know what's going on. And that's a sad fact. So now technology is kind of helping us become more evolved creatures in our environment and helping us better see our environment. But for what's for that, we'd be really, like, naive to what's going on in our own backyard.
3: that's the truth. Everything you said was like true facts.
0: Yes, definitely, definitely, definitely. So, what's going on in your backyard on the street?
3: Well, you know what I'm saying? Like, over in in my backyard in my
1: neck of the woods, it's not as bad as it used to be. But it's like, People around here not taking it no more. Like we had an individual a, a little while back, like a, like a month or two ago, that he got severely beat by the police in my neck of the woods, and he was black. But he went right at their head. Like he went right, he went right to the police departments over their head. He went right to our mayor. and He handled him that quick. He's not letting them get away with nothing. And he doing it. He doing it so quick that it's like astonishing that like he got he got a, a team of lawyers on deck. That's not letting that slide. What happened. But like around this area they really on they early on that people getting calm as far as they really don't want no drama. And like we had like my neighbor. My neighbor, he's a he's a young man. He's about my age. man got eight kids. Half of his eight kids is like semi grown. They almost had like a big fight where like four different police precincts was almost across the street from my house, ready to. Oh wow! But the fight was getting escalated because people were coming to their house on their property talking stuff, which I didn't, which really I didn't understand because if I have a, if I have a problem with you, right. Why in the world would I, having a problem with you, come to your house by myself on your property, talking about I'm going to jump you, I'm going to beat you, I'm going to fight you, I'm going to hurt you, And, and the individual you're talking to is literally the individual that has eight children. And then on top of those eight children, most of those children have boyfriends or girlfriends, but that's another it's 16 people that's ready to jump on you for talking stuff on their grass. But why did you even come to the house bringing garbage? Right. You come, you knocking on the door, getting some, getting somebody to come out of their house to fight you on their property. Oh. And they're telling you to leave and you're not hearing that. You're not, to, they're telling you to leave. Like, I literally heard, like, the whole conversation. They were telling them, why are you here? Get off my property. Why are you always coming around here talking stuff? I mean, like, they really explained it. Like, the owner of the house is telling them, you should not be here. And that person's saying, I don't care. I'll beat your ass. And this, this, that, and third. Now, I'm seeing multiple people keep coming out the house, and it's getting crowded. It's getting crowded on the porch. It's getting crowded in the grass. I'm like, it's a lot of people, and it's one person talking a lot of stuff. He ain't going to make it out of this if he don't shut up. I was glad right. the police came before it escalated but I'm like why that I don't get it. If you got a problem with somebody, why would you come to their house for the purpose of fighting? People don't do that no more. You know you come on other people's property. There's same the understanding Coming on somebody's property. But outside of that, it's been pretty steady, like outside of those idiots it's been pretty it's been pretty pretty mellow, but it it shocked me that for three days this wasn't just a one day thing. the dude was talking shit came over, then he left then the next day it was the woman that drove over there talking shit. then the next day it was the woman and the man together in the same car talking shit like it was going to be a different response. I'm like, there's seventeen people in this house, seventeen people, and it's two of you. Half of those seventeen people is girls; the other half is boys. Y'all about to get the hell beat out of y'all. Why y'all keep coming over their house? Like, right. right. I said that's that's retarded. They get the, <laughs> they get, the, they, get the, they get the retarded stamp for today. That was retarded.
2: <laughs> they get
0: retarded that's that's so true though. Like, and there's an old saying that says, "If you knock at the devil's door long enough, he's gonna answer." So I mean it's only a matter of time before they keep knock knocking knock knocking and there's gonna be some heads getting knocked off.
3: Definitely that like that like I never like I've known like I thought our people or just people in general were smarter than that. Why would you go to that's like me.
1: Knowing I want to fight you, but our whole altercation started not nowhere near your house. I I Google map your house so I can come to your house and fight you by myself. And then I call you everything but a child of God on your property. And your family members is like 20, 30 deep. But I don't care. I'm still talking. If I'm still talking on your grass and you're telling me to leave, I just forfeited my right to leave with my teeth. I was like, man. That's dumb.
0: They get the dumb award. They're dumbest. <laughs> they get the dumb award. <laughs> well, going on to my neck of the woods, I would say the biggest thing has to be the uproar on the water issues. You know, there's a lot of things going on as far as people saying, you know, why are we having to pay $600 for some damn water that we can't drink? And they're literally having water bills from apartments, like a two-bedroom apartment, less than 800 square feet, and they're charging people $600 for water. At my house that I'm in, which is a four-bedroom, two-story house, it's $1,200 a month for water. And half of us aren't even here half the time at the house, so why is water so expensive? And, you know, they're talking about um, because of businesses closing and because of you know, the housing rate dropping and they're trying to get money to help build the schools and they're closing three more schools by the end of this year, which is sad because that's really going to leave one elementary, one high school, that's a high school and a middle school together. And then there's like two or three charter schools. But then the charter schools, you have to be like in their actual backyard in order to go to the charter school. So now they're not only raising the water, but they're going to make it unlivable because if you don't have education, you can't get a job. If you can't get a job, you can't pay your bills. You can't pay your bills That's another person has to pay for another person's water bill because they can't pay for it. Then if you don't have an education, you can't get a job, therefore you got to go to government assistance. Now, we all know how the government assistance thing is going, they're not really doing what they said they were going to do. Then if you have to rely on government assistance, then you got to rely on the government to pay for what you need. And then they don't always supply what they're supposed to supply when they need it. And, I mean, there you go. It's just a domino effect of their failures. And then your children will repeat the process that their parents, and, I mean, then you are just got to evolve in circle of just nothing, just people doing nothing. And I just think that's really dumb. And ultimately, to me, I feel like they're doing it purposely. They're purposely making it unhabitable here to the point where everybody's going to have to move out of point. Because if the water gets so high to the point where they have to actually shut water out in Flint where no water is available for anybody, then they're going to have to close down the city of Flint. People are going to have to leave, and they're probably just going to wipe out Flint and just make it, like, probably they have big businesses or just plots where people can just park cars. And that's going to be the sad thing because, you know, just like you would know about Detroit and Flint, they were like the motor cities. When in Detroit with Motor City, and that's where they did all the cars and stuff. And just to see it go from being that to now being a possible place where they're just going to put cars, it is really sad to see the state of where the cities are going.
3: See, that, that that strictly sounds like a, a business move. Mm-hmm. Because like water is uninhabitable in some spots, that's kind of like against the law. And like
1: that, that that well, water pollution is so heavy that you want it so high to the point where people leave. That's just a, that's just that's your way of saying that we're about to. As soon as you leave, everything gonna be good. But you, that's not the right element we want here. You're not going to pay the taxes that we need for you to pay. So we need you to get you some business and get the hell out of here. That's what basically that sounds like to me. And, like, for water bill to be that high, and you and people not really there, if that water ain't crystal light, that water better make me taller, better make my hair just get, like, wavy and and be shimmery. Girls' bodies better just get bodied out because of the water. Water better make your breast stand up, your ass sit out, your lips get puffy without putting your lips through that stupid ass uh, plastic bottles these people be doing. That water better make you twenty years younger. That water better do a lot. If it's a thousand dollars, I better be eighty six but look twenty five. Sell the water for that much. You can just go to if you just want to preserve your water, you can go to like. um What's some place? You can go to Sam's Club, bulk out on some water. It ain't Y two K, but they're like you Y two idiots.
3: Motherfucker, water, water look like 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 yogurt. That's terrible.
0: Yeah, that's 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 crazy. And you know, I was, I was speaking with a couple of people the other day. You know, because um, I'm going to run for mayor of Flint because I feel like somebody needs to do a change, and maybe it's me got to do it. And, you know, I was speaking with some people, and people are so non-optimistic. They're like, well, I wouldn't waste my time running for a city. They really don't want to do shit for themselves. You know, and they're just like dogging the city to say you live here. you run the place that you, like you live here. And, I mean, if you who's going to change it? One of us has to change it. We can't just sit and let it run into the dirt. Cause I mean, then what legacy do we have for our children? So I mean, it's, it's it's one of those things. But I'm gonna try and see what I can do. And if not, I can do it. Maybe I can spark the mind that can. You know, like Tupac said, I might not be the one that changed the world. Maybe spark the mind. So I'm I'm gonna give it. i gonna give it the world. See what's gonna happen. 2014,
1: uh, new mayor Flint. <laughs> Kaylee, yes. sponsored
3: by <laughs>
0: Nation. Yes. <laughs> yes. So you know, I'm going to try, <laughs> it. try it. Oh, monster, you know what would be really fun?
3: What would be really fun?
0: After we hit up a couple of these calls we have, I want to have a debate. I want you to be, you know how they have the debate when they have, like, people running for mayor or president, and you know how they ask you questions and see how you articulate it? Uh huh. I want you to try to give me a little test. to See how I would do getting asked questions. You know we're live on the air, so see how I would do getting asked questions about what I'm gonna do to change things.
1: Oh, I got you. I <laughs> uh, uh, Bartholomew J. Esquire, got you Bartholomew. Oh yes.
0: <laughs> well, monster, we got an Illinois color we're gonna pop over here to Illinois. Hello, hello. Welcome to on street KK um, KKW who do I have with me. Eleven- oh you are unmuted.
4: Yes, hi. Hi, who do I have with me? Poetry Wonders.
2: Hello. Oh what up How are
0: you doing? Wonderful. How are you? I'm fine. That is wonderful. Do you have a
4: piece like uh, graffiti on this mic tonight? Yes, ma'am. The poem is called, Heavenly Plan. Life is only a circle. Everything goes around and around. One day you're flying high. Next day you're flat on the ground. Everyone's here for a reason. Every child, woman, and man. We are all a part of the tapestry of life, all part of God's heavenly plan. Strangers you meet may be angels hiding behind a disguise. Always treat people you meet with a respect, for everyone's equal in God's eyes. Our lives are woven together. Each one of us plays their part to live our lives the way God plans, with faith and love in our hearts.
0: That was a beautiful piece. Thank you. Monster, what do you think about that piece?
3: She got me all spiritual and stuff. <laughs> got me all
1: smiling and stuff. I like you. That was a good piece. When you said it, I could feel the inspiration coming from you. And I was like, man, is is, the, is that is Heaven's Gates opening up for her right now? I realized that piece you made me happy. You got me smiling. You're
2: my
0: new friend, Yes, I'm so glad you know you tuned in and stuff with us tonight. You know, I would love for you to stick around for the rest of the show and I'd love to hear another piece from you, okay, yes, I will.
4: thank, thank you. you.
0: And that's a nice to have a refreshing voice on the mic. Oh, monster, we got we got our callers in here popping and rocking and dropping on the street tonight. We got Mr. Jalen Ross. You know, he's one of our supporters. We always have here. Hello, hello, Mr. Ross. Welcome to On the Street. How are you? I oh,
5: am Fantastic. How are you?
0: Wonderful, wonderful. What did you bring tonight for us on the street?
5: Uh, I brought a new piece to uh, graffiti on the mic that I just finished maybe like a half an hour ago.
0: Okay, okay. And what's the title?
5: The title is called Scars.
0: Scars. All, right. All right. Well, go ahead and get on this soapbox and do your stick.
5: Scars. A new scar appears on my beautiful skin. Now I have blemishes, dark black marks streaming down my beautiful face. I begin to wear it. I wonder if it shows. I try to hide it. How can I cover it? Sunglasses don't work. Makeup doesn't even work. I can't hide it. Brand new scars, all different kinds of scars showing on the outside, but in reality, there's no scar on my face. They are all hidden. Deep down inside, the depths of my heart, there lies the scars. The wrong scars were being treated all wrong. The right treatment had to be applied for the right scars. Cocoa butter didn't even work. Shea butter didn't work either. Every single prescription didn't work at all. But I kept trying. Every single cream. Vitamin E cream didn't work. Proactive didn't even work. But you see, it was all the right treatment, but for the wrong scars. A scar is a mark left on the skin or within body tissue, where a wound, burn, or sore has not healed completely. You see, I was scarred spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and physically. All of the outside scars were now gone, but it was still inside of my heart. I was scarred from the past relationships. Yes, it definitely scarred me. I was scarred from the supposed-to-be church people and others. I was scarred by people that made fun of me. That hurts. I was scarred by supposed-to-be family and friends. Yes, backstabbers. I started praying. I started reading my word. I also forgave people that gave me the physical and emotional scars. I am now free. I now realize that I am scar-free. You see, I couldn't remove the scars because I was treating the scars all wrong. But I now have all the right treatment for all of the right scars. In order for the scar to go away, you have to treat the scar with the right treatment that it needs to have. And then, you can now say that you are now scar-free.
2: Scars by Jayla Ross. In peace.
0: Wow, Mr. Ross. You have to find the right treatment for the right scars. That is so true. Monster, what did you think about that? Well,
3: my... My brother's a messenger. I truly believe
1: that he's been coming week after week, show after show, and he's getting divinely inspired because he he is that real deal. Like He gives you some messages, and your dialogue will be incredible with your message. So I really appreciate you for coming week in and week out. Thank you.
0: Thank you, thank you, Mr. Ross. I want you to stick around with us tonight because you know I gotta hear another piece from you. Will do. Thank you. Well, monster, you know I got a special announcement. You know our YBN brother and Luciano is alive at the House of Blues tonight in the one and only New Orleans, Louisiana. He is on the Rocking it with some other young artists, featuring his track "Black Lives Matter," and it is so exciting to, you know, have one of our own just really debuting and doing with us. We just had another one of our own, Jose Cakes, out in California, rocking it out there in California. YBN has just really been doing their thing. Excellent,
3: excellent. It's all coming to plan.
1: <laughs> plan.
0: <laughs> now, for this part of the show, we're gonna call the 2015 debate for Mayor of Flint, and on the panel we have Miss Ashley K Lee, and we have Mister Bart, who will be asking the questions of Miss Ashley K Lee. Monster, if you're going to get Bart, I'll go get Ashley K. so we can get the debate on tonight.
1: Definitely, definitely, definitely. <clears throat> Mr. Bartholomew, they're calling you to Studio B. Thank you, thank you. I am here, Bartholomew J. Esquire.
0: Hello, sir. I am so glad to meet you.
1: I am so glad and honored that you'd even give me consideration of being your wonderful Studio B and ask you these important questions as being the new future mayor of Flint.
0: Yes, yes, sir. I am here to answer any and all questions, and I will be sure to get them to you as quick and as articulated as possible.
1: Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. First question. Yes. As you being the future mayor, what would be one of your first asked as mayor to help clean up Flint?
0: My first act as mayor would be I would go in and I would fire everybody that's working currently in the house that they have over the emergency management, which is now in control over Flint. I would fire everybody in the emergency management. I will hire new people within our own community that actually live here, that know what's going on. To better help me analyze
1: the situation, that would be the first thing I would do. So what you're so what you're telling the to audience is that as your first official assignment is, you would have to build, you'd have to destroy to rebuild because of the foundation that has been set right now is crumbling and it's steadily been crumbling year after year. Yes, sir. All right. Question two about the situation that's involving your water and the poison that is in your water, what would you do about that?
0: I personally would hire an outside source to come and check the water to see what exactly is going on. So is this something that the city itself can handle or something I'll have to go to the state about if it's a state emergency? Actually, the state has to come in and, you know, put in pipe or if it's just something that we can put in the water and clean ourselves. I would have to analyze the situation, see what will best fit the city, and I think in fixing the water, we'll be able to lower the water bills because it is outrageous that water bills are over $600, especially for what's supposed to be considered low-income homes when the home they're paying for is half of the water bill. It's ridiculous. That is a shame, and
1: that is not even right. And, yes, we understand that we agree with that. And also, for your third installment of what you will be doing, we want to know about how do you feel about the educational system that is going on in Flint, and what would you do to either upgrade it, change it, destroy it, or rebuild it?
0: I'm absolutely appalled with how the education system is being done in the city of Flint. First off, there's way too many schools closed and not enough teachers now, I understand that they're looking at the fact of how much it costs to run a school. Well, I would say we need to open up the bigger schools. We open Central High School, which is a three-story school, which we can fit high school and middle school students. Open up the bigger schools that allow more students and more teachers in one building. Rather than have these small three buildings scrunching in so many people, we can open up two big buildings, have the middle school and high school in both of the buildings, have two elementary and keep our preschool separate from everything else, like it used to be, so that our children can adequately get an education within an environment that is proper for their age group.
3: Good answer. Good answer. And with the other buildings that were that are
1: small that are not being utilized, what would you do with that particular properties?
0: With those buildings, some buildings I would put up for sale for people to do businesses or, you know, work on projects with. I would put those buildings up for sale. Other buildings I would take and create more community centers, Um, make a new boys and girls club uh, for the boys and girls that we have here, Um, make an art center. We have a Flint Institute of the Arts. but have another center that they can use to do theater or ballet, a bigger open space for them. That's what I would use for some of the property spaces.
1: Oh, yes and uh, with your stay on on the financial crisis that is going on in the, what would be some of the steps you would take to improve it?
0: The financial crisis the financial crisis definitely has to do with the lack of understanding what's actually going on in the city. The prior mayor that was here never lived here, so there's no way he could ever understand what it's like to live here um I would create programs where students that maybe don't have high school diplomas or working on getting their GEDs can better get trained for different jobs that we have here, whether it's for a factory or for a grocery store, where they can be trained to know what type of things they need to have under their belt in order to get hired um, in the city of Florida. Also, I would encourage everyone to work together and create your own businesses, whether you create a grocery store within your own little you know, side of town, or you come together massively and, you know, make your own grocery store because a lot of the stores around us are starting to close because they're seeing that there's not enough money and there's more money them running a store in our city than they're getting. So we may have to almost rebuild our own, make our own grocery stores, grow our own food because there's only Walmart and one Myers left really in the city of Flint. And the last mire that is here is supposed to be closing. So there's only a select a few places where you can actually buy food that you can cook yourself. And so I think we may have to start building some own things in our community and just making it our own. That's why I think we really have to start. And that, in turn, will help bring the money back in because we keep the money circulating within our own city. The money, you know, will always come back. You know, I pay Paul, Paul pays me. We're still taking the same dollars going back and forth rather than I'm paying Myers and I don't ever get the dollar back. So I think we work on trying to build projects within our own community. We'll be able to keep more money in our pocket.
3: Good answer, good answer, good answer.
1: And what is going to be your theme for this campaign? What is it going to be the saying that when you're on television, when you're on the radio, when people want to hear about what
3: Ashley K Lee is going to do as the mayor, what would be your slogan?
2: Hope is coming. Help overcoming possible emergencies. Hope is coming. Hmm.
3: I like I like the I like the words better now that you've
1: done now that you've broken down. Chronologically.
3: Yes, sir. And we will be seeing you at the polls. I I like this young woman. I see that this mm-hmm.
1: young woman has a is a crowning achievement, uh, a a woman that is born on, in this territory, that knows how to correct this territory, see the travesties of this territory, and is, and is able to walk through the steps to make this a better place. The I. I have my vote already passed for you because you seem like the right candidate for this little interview, for this little debate. You seem like the kind of candidate that can really help Flint and improve it and make it
3: even better Flint.
0: Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Bart. I appreciate you interviewing Miss Ashley Kaye. Could you go get my partner in crime monster for me, please?
1: Of course, of course. I have to get my tea and club bits.
0: Thank you, sir. Thank you, thank you.
3: Monster! They need you a Studio B.
0: Yeah, I love this guy.
1: Man, if you want to stop know, talking like that, bro. I am mean, okay, <laughs> Monster. They need you Studio B, bro. Better. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm Mom, back. What did you think about that young lady, Miss Ashley K. Lee? Hope it's coming. That young lady's wife there is gonna be a powerhouse. I think I see her running for mayor one of these years.
1: Oh no, she's gonna be mayor. She's gonna be mayor before the end of this year. She's gonna be in that. I, she's, gonna be
0: she's gonna be mayor. I Clint, definitely Clint, I see it coming.
1: Flint needs her to be mayor.
0: Yes, yes. I was sitting listening. I was like, yes, preach, young sister. So it's, it's really amazing to see, you know, young people wanting to get into politics, wanting to get into, you know, doing different things within that community because we ultimately are the ones that are going to have to deal with everything that everybody else did before us. And so we have to make a change somewhere. So I think I things should make a real big difference in our community.
3: Uh-huh. Very much so.
0: Well, monster, you know, you've defeated the mic tonight. I think it's my turn. I, you know, defeated the mic.
3: Smug it up, flip it, rub
0: it down, oh no! <laughs> well, I have this piece that I'm going to do. And it's titled, The Rose. Did you ever hear about the rose that grew from the crack of concrete? Proving nature's law is wrong. Learn to walk without having sleep. funniest scene, but it learn to breathe for sure. Long as the rooms that grew from concrete. You no know, when no one else even cared. See, Tupac Shakur told me this when he came to me in a dream when I was fighting and crying in my sleep. See, I was buying demons that I couldn't see, and I was forever running into the crack of concrete, tripping, causing my lips to bleed. And one day he came to me, he said, You you're the rose with damaged petals. The rose that every bumblebee wants to dip into, planting other seeds around you that don't even get to make it in you. You're the rose that attempts to try to walk away from all the shit that's going around you, but you stay. So you're stronger than anyone gives you credit for. You are stronger than made believe. See, your petals are not gentle. They are strong as still. They just happen it's so soft to the touch. And everyone wants to touch you. Run their fingers through your soft petals because they think they have the right to. But see. Tupac Shakur also told me that it's okay that I cry sometimes because even grown mankind, he said he himself cried when he seen his own hero fall to their demise. And just like he and me, we are misunderstood and misguided, used and misunderstood and used and so many other things we just couldn't fathom to do. And he he was gone way before his time, but he told me that I am his successor and I shall speak with my tongue and let people hear what I have to say because I'm the rose that grew from concrete when no one else even cared and fuck what people think. Because I learned to breathe this fresh air, fuck a bubble bee that wants to come and steal the pollen and plant new seeds. It's okay. It's okay to cry sometimes, cause he said he cried when he seen his own hero fall to their demise. And he helped me. He held me tight to his chest and told me that, "Baby, don't cry. You gotta keep your head up, even when the road car never gives up." And those words tattooed on my chest, like he had Dove like tattooed on his chest, and he. He and I like, he said, there's no mistake why they call me KK Belly. Because that name, that name gave me a new life, a new tongue, a new mind, a new body, a new spirit. He's the one that told me. Never mind people that walk around me. Never mind the people who try to step on your damaged pedals. Never mind the ones who try to run their fingers through you. You are original. You are special. You are beautiful, despite the holes and flaws you may have in your damn settles. Tupac and I often have conversations with each other, and some may think that I'm crazy, but they don't understand what it's like to be me. They don't understand what it's like to forever have been walking across this cracked concrete, falling on busting teeth and busted lips and black eyes, and they don't understand what it's like constantly having bubble bees, pick my pollen, planting seeds that never even get to make it too far. And they want to yell at me for growing in the crack of the concrete. And I learned to walk without having feet. And i don't give a fuck about what you think. Because Tupac Shakur told me that it's okay to cry because even he cried when he seen his a hero fall to their demise. And he told me, Baby, don't cry. You got to keep your head up. Even when the world is hard, never give up. And he, he told me, I'm on the road that goes and comes. but no one else cares. KK Valley seemed hungry. Be patient. And two
2: Is your daddy. (laughs) Tupac is your daddy. I don't care what
3: you say.
1: Tupac is your daddy. Her name is Ashley K. Sikor. I don't care what nobody say.
2: You is Donald. And you in love with a circle.
0: Thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you, sir. thank you. It is. Life is like that. Sometimes you have to look at things outside the box, you feel me, Monster. Yeah. That's
3: what I do.
0: So how are you feeling tonight? You see the lights flickering around?
5: I'm dancing. I'm dancing.
0: you dancing? I'm
5: dancing. <laughs> I'm dancing. I'm dancing. I'm dancing. I'm dancing. I come in a the club in that one day or that one time at back camp. Mm-mm-mm. Woo! Monster, monster, well, monster.
0: you know. Yeah, I did
3: that know. too.
0: I'm watching, you better be careful before you pop, lock, and break my window again, because see, my windows are mistakenly (laughs) getting broken mysteriously by mistake, so-called people are saying, so you better be careful.
1: I don't know who that one is. That was Junebug and Jebediah. I'm (laughs) Ezekiel. I ain't did none of that.
0: (laughs) Well, you hear tell Junebug and Jebediah that I said to keep their asses away from my window.
1: I will refer your message. Boys, <laughs> she said, take your dairy ass. Yes, you have to stick your fortitude nowhere near her area of work anymore. You are bad. Cease and desist all actions in her location or you will get your ass whooped. Sad dog. <laughs> oh, really.
0: that is too funny. Well, Monster, how do you feel about doing a little speed round to close out this wonderful show tonight?
5: I'm ready for speed down, slow down, up down, down down. Who love me?
0: This is what we going to do. We're going to go to our caller. But our callers go ahead and grace the mic. And then you and I are going to close it up together. How do you feel about that? I got it. Because you are not alone. yeah. Oh. <laughs> Oh, snap. You don't want me to start singing. I will sing this show close. What?
5: Yes, I, I, I kind of do want to sing.
0: Oh, snap. I got you. I got you. We're going to go ahead and get this C round started. We're going to start with North Central, Kentucky. Go ahead and proceed the mic.
5: This piece is called. Brown box. The brown box that everybody sees. What do you do with the brown box? Sometimes you use it as a Christmas box to put a Christmas gift in. Sometimes you use it as a birthday box to put a birthday present in. You see, when you get things in the mail, what does it come in? It comes in a brown box. You see brown boxes used for everything, from birthday parties to moving to everything. But you see what happens when the brown box gets wet, It still stands and it's still strong. Yes, it may bend a little. Yes, it may be damp. but you see the brown box, cardboard box is still standing strong. You see, we have to be like that brown cardboard box that no matter how long we go, no matter who tries to destroy us, we have to still be strong. You see, that brown box may get torn a little bit. It may get damp a little bit. But you see, that brown box still stands. Sometimes you see that brown box used as a shoebox, When you get your brand-new shoes from the mall, you carry your shoes in a brown shoebox. But you see, the shoebox is also a part of the brown box family. Yes, it may be shipped and posted to every address in America. But you see, the brown box will carry you a long way. You see, I just want to be like the brown box... No matter where I go, no matter how far I go, I want to still stand, and I want to still be strong because, you see, people will try to push you over and try to run you over, but you see the brown box is still standing. I just want to be like the brown cardboard
2: box in peace.
0: I love noise, you can go ahead and Yes.
4: I'm gonna be reading a poem called Godly Woman. A woman who walks in God's love, reflecting the beauty of the Father above, who is not defeated by things most men find taught. A woman who's not just a pretty face, but a woman of God's grace. Beholding God's face. A woman who lives knowing she's headed to heaven in God's place. A woman of good character. A woman who symbolized the goodness of God by her excellence. A woman who prayed for her house and other residents. She walks with the Lord, shouting, pleading, show me the way, O God. I'm talking about a woman who's B.A.D., baptized and delivered. I'm talking about a woman who's M.A.D., magnificent and devoted. I'm talking about the forever-loved, lovable, leading lady who help us see the best in our daddies, a woman who is blessed and knows that he can never be reversed, a woman who does not drink but raise the bar, a woman who prays to properly think before making decisions that will put her away for God's afar, a woman of noble character like Ruth, who teaches of her family that only God is the truth, a woman who will never sacrifice faith but what the world has to offer—a woman who conquers, like how Esther conquered Haman, a woman who makes the best out of a man—I am talking about a godly woman.
2: That was a beautiful.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Monster. Monster. Yes. Are you ready to close out the show with me tonight? All right. We gonna do a collaboration piece. How do you feel about that?
2: All right, I'm ready. All
0: right. I wanna ask you a question. Why? Yeah. Do you love me? I mean, how can you love me with all the flaws and scars I have? How can you love me, knowing about my past? How can you love me? I mean, I don't understand. Do you not see the demons that I fought? They're still hiding behind my eyes. I've been forced to close the curtains and now shut the windows. How can you love somebody that really should be afraid of you because you are the male species? How can you love me through all the night nice tears and cold sweats and pain, popping pain pills and attempted cut risk? How can you love me?
3: Yes. See, the thing is, love
1: was in the eye of the beholder, but then I had to look through the eyes of an uncharted to finally see that even though you have many scars, most of my scars were on the outside, but they were buried deep within. Most of the scars that I had they were like sin after sin after sin. Most of the scars that was inside me made my smile turn into a grin, but then you, you helped me breathe again. And I know through all of your scars and your nightmarish dreams and how the world is going at the end and everything that it seems that at times that you want to just end it all and be like, I don't understand this thing. You can't end it all right now because now you're a part of my team my family, my life familiar. You were part of my essence. So every time that I open up, it's like I'm opening up a present because I'm opening up to open up to you. And you open up to me with everything that you do, so it's the reasons why I love you. Because you can understand the crazy that sometimes beats within the heart of this man, and I can understand the crazy that's deep inside the heart of this woman, so how can it be? Two people that understand the crazy that are also crazy are meant to be, as long as it's a positive crazy. That's how I be.
0: So you telling me that's how much you love me? Like I'm the sun and the moon and the stars to you, and I'm the best that gave you air to your lungs. I'm the oxygen. I'm mean, without hydrogen. We make water together. Are you saying that's how it is? Are you saying that our love can go through any battle, can travel over any mountain top? Are you saying that our love is like the love that you kiss the bottom of each other's feet? Are you telling me? that our love can defeat any obstacle in our way, that there's no need for me to be afraid of you because you are not the men that hurt me. Is this what you're telling me?
3: I'm telling you that I'm not
1: perfect, that I and you will both make mistakes, and every time that we smile at each other's face will sometimes be the best time that everything is great. I'm telling you, that I can love you for you. But can you go inside your heart to love me for me? And even when things get locked down, do you really still want to go through the up the of this mountain so you can finally be free? So I'm telling you, the love is not just a word to me. Love is filled with access, so my actions should be more enough to prove to you than any word that I could ever speak. So every time that I go through your stream, I mean, when I go through your mind, I mean, when I go through your mind and I understand that it's deep, that I just want to love you. I'm just going to love you and hug you and put you to sleep, but not just bullshit-ass words about how I feel. That is why I'm telling you that I love you, but but I have to show you to show you that it's real, see. I'm telling you that we're not always going to get along. Matter of fact, sometimes you're going to be upset and pissed off at the things that I do. But I'm also going to be upset and pissed off at the things that you do. But we're going to talk it out because I'd rather talk it out than ever be mad and go, go to sleep with you. I'm telling you, it won't be perfect, but it will be right. Because since I'm a warrior and you are a warrior, you're getting prepared for the fight. And because I just want to see you smile, I even just want to lay down while you lay down and just look at you sleep at night. Not even touch you in no sexual manner at all, and I just want to make sure that you're sleeping tight.
0: See, that's
1: what I'm telling you, all right? That's what I'm telling you. <laughs>
0: And, Monster, that is the end of that love scene. Monster, you have any closing remarks for the show tonight?
2: I enjoyed this show. I enjoyed the artist. I enjoyed my
1: submarine sandwich. It was delicious. I enjoyed <laughs> my debate. I enjoyed my hair blowing in the wind. I enjoyed Chicago. Thank you, my friend. You my
0: buddy, buddy with that party, Paige. Paige with so party. <laughs> all I'd like to say is thank you to all the callers and our supporters from Beast Nation Radio. I'm K.K. Valley. We are over and out. Have a wonderful night. Good night. We out this page. Mm-hmm. Yeah.